Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash higher balance. Designed by the rebel guru himself, Eric Pepin, Magnetic Pill was made to enhance results with all higher balance training. Accelerate sensory development, achieve deeper meditations, better overall focus, and so much more. Go to magneticpill.com forward slash rebel for $10 off every month or get a three-month supply with our buy two, get one free special. What forms of transferable energy are possible? How can you use your energy to work on yourself? In this episode, Transferable Energy, Self-Concentrated Work, Eric covers all of this and more including a guided walkthrough. Enjoy. Okay, welcome everybody to Rebel Guru Radio. I'm Eric Pepin, and I'm going to be here to answer some questions and to go into uh, a little bit of some of the subjects we have laid out. So a couple things I don't know what you guys should expect from me. I did an 18-hour fast, started yesterday at 8 p.m., and ended up eating at lunch at around 2 o'clock, there's a few discoveries I've made. One is when you f- have fasted, no matter how long, but particularly as long as I had, you don't really want to go to a buffet, okay? Because I'm really hurting right now. Like, like I must have pigged out good food, but I should have probably went to a salad bar and went with something a little bit lighter. But I was like, like I am going to eat. Oh my God, I'm starving. So uh, there's that. So if I fall over to the left or to the right, you'll kind of know what's happening. I'll stagger back up into my my chair. Uh, Okay, so, you know, a couple other things we have is if you want to go to www.rebelgururadio.com to submit your questions or comments to be featured on future episodes. And I don't know, we may be able to read them even now. uh, And we've got a couple people sitting back here. So. Uh, let's see, foundation meditation, 60% off. God, you remember the good old days when we used to sell for like $175, you know? That's and what I bought it for. This, right? This is what a lot of people bought it for, and it's worth every penny. In fact, we, we probably should have raised the price, but we were like, no, this is the right thing to do. And I mean, 60% off, it's been around a long time, but it's still the best of the best of the best. If you want to rock your world, if you really want to have experiences, if you really want to challenge that question whether this kind of stuff is legit or not or have that clarity in your life foundation set great time to get it awesome material uh 60 off go to www.foundationmeditation.com all one word foundationmeditation.com kind of rhymes uh last but not least magnetic pill dun 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 so uh we're doing a magnetic pill free trial just pay for the shipping I'm warning you, we're giving it away basically for free for a reason because we know you will like it if you try it. It's good stuff. Trust me. 
and we're putting ourselves out there by offering it for free because uh, we're pretty sure you're going to love it. So Magnetic Pill, check it out. Uh, magneticpill.com forward slash trial. Oh, excuse me. Magneticpill, all one word, dot com forward slash trial, T-R-I-A-L. And that will get you the, uh, the special pricing we just did. All right, what do we got? So um, I'll try to answer a few questions before we, we get started, but just to give you a base of where I'm going to go with stuff. Uh, I was kind of working on um, a technique for some time and then other stuff came off and I put it off and kind of forgotten about me wanting to do something with that because other stuff took precedence. So I thought, you know, um, this would maybe be a great time to, to do that. In fact, somebody, we were talking about what do we want to do for the next show and somebody had mentioned it and I had forgotten all about it. So um, that's a good thing. Anyway, so uh, it's very cool. It's a very uh, interesting technique. And uh, I think that you will go there. And who knows, maybe I taught it already and I've forgotten because I'm starting to get to that point in my life where I've done so many teachings and classes on stuff. I think I've forgotten half the stuff I've taught already. So it all sounds new to me. Anyway, so um, there's a very interesting question. It says, uh, if I can't get my you know, son uh, to meditate, will he lose the ability to see ghosts and hear them? The answer to that question is an absolutely resounding no. It will not diminish. You will not lose the ability, or he wouldn't. Uh, you know, look, for many years, I never did meditation, and I did great doing psychic work. In fact, phenomenal. Uh, my discovery of, of meditation probably started right around 20 years old or thereabouts. So uh, I think there's no issue. And had I not uh went towards the direction of meditation, I don't think it would have affected my psychic abilities in that sense. What I can tell you is, is when I did start to meditate, it affected it in a way that it got stronger or better or better clarity or razor sharpness, uh, all of those things. So for me, it wasn't that, that I was worried about diminishing because it didn't. What it did do is it certainly raised the clarity of my mind to kind of get that information or to experience the phenomena even on a higher level. I mean, at the end of the day, and I, I keep trying to pound this into the ground, we are in the business of consciousness. As white cells, we really reflect and, and you know, work with our, our mind, our consciousness. How does consciousness affect reality? How does consciousness affect other people? How does consciousness affect energies and frequencies? And in my opinion, it does have an effect on all of those things. So any time that you work with a, uh, a system that is homing in on your mental uh, acuity, your clarity, your ability to stay focused on a subject without your mind wandering as easily, that's going to be huge because whether people realize this or not, when they're seeing a ghost or they're doing phenomenon, Usually they're dialed into it because they're intrigued by it. They're, they're highly more observant or it's like something weird's going on so you pay extra attention to it. And that's why they, they tend to do well with it. The problem is, is that as you see more experiences, your interest in those experiences kind of dullens a little bit because, you know, I've seen that, done that already, yada, yada. And with actually working with a form of meditation or something like that, you really just have a constant higher state of, of mind and therefore the clarity to pick up on those things or to experience those things tend to kind of go more HD than, than what I call flat or in general. So 
I hope that answers the question. What else? Read the question. Yeah. So what makes an empath an empath? Is it their biochemistry? Why does it seem they are more susceptible to energy transference? And are there ways to become less empathic or handle the data more effectively? Yeah. So, well, in, in the first regard, what makes an empath an empath? Is it biochemical? Um, look, a lot of your thoughts, your consciousness, your emotions are definitely biochemically related in the human body. Uh, having said that, it's my opinion um, after, you know, 30-something years, maybe even 35, 40, depending on how old you want me to go, but... Uh, I do not really think of it as being biochemical as much as I think of it as being a uh, an energy field that's much more aware or more sensitive. So it's not necessarily biochemical, but I'm sure it plays some properties in there. Uh, I would say you're just more wired in your brain. It's just, you know, some people want to become artists, some people are wired for music, some people are wired for poetry or to understand those things when other people don't really understand it well. So I think empathically, um, I think some people are just higher wired, particularly all white cells, uh, for that. And therefore, they're more sensitive, more aware, or that acuity to, to feel those things is much more sensitive. And I think it's, it's basically how the brain is wired, or the fact that why you are spiritual, or why you are psychic, or why you're prone to that. I think that the universe kind of sets us up, in a sense, biologically, okay, to gear up for that sensory, that psychic ability. It doesn't mean necessarily it's biochemical. Like I said, it does play a role, but we are designed from birth to be more dialed into those things, and I think that's what makes white cells, in many cases, very different than our red cell majority in the world, and why we often don't necessarily feel like we fit in as much. And one of the big reasons is because we feel more. We literally feel more. In fact, um, you know, I know that when I was younger, I was probably overreactive emotionally. And I think that if I were to do a study that I think that a lot of white cells probably had a higher level of emotional sensitivity than your the counterparts being, you know, red cells. I think we just reacted more intensely. We want to be heard more. We want to convey more. We want to be more more in that sense. And I think that's just the design of a, of a white cell. The intensity is more, more intense for us emotionally. And because we're just, we're designed that way. So um, why does it seem that they are more susceptible to energy transference? Because literally you are. You are more susceptible to energy transferences because you're not necessarily aware of the fact that you're empathic or aware that you're energy sensitive. And so if you're unaware of it, you just are unassuming. If you're unassuming, you're easy pickings then for all this other weird energy going on. The moment that you self-acknowledge that you are sensitive or that you're empathic, the, the, the moment you come up with a identifiable term or system or self-reflective way to, to categorize that in your mind, that immediately filters out a, about probably 50-60% of the energy being thrown at you that you're taking on. It doesn't mean that you're not going to take stuff on, but usually it's when you're really not thinking about it and you're stuck in a moment and all of a sudden you're like, what's the matter with me? You're taking on that, that, that energy from wherever it was, from, that, from those whatever people. Um, a very quick trick when you feel overwhelmed with 
uh, emotions or things that you think are empathically being thrown at you. And it's very simple. Just think of your lower chakra, just below your, your belly button, about two inches. Uh, if you just think about that spot, let alone touching it, just giving pressure, but just thinking about it actually makes that, that what I'll call like a, a wavy tentacle energy that's everywhere that's always handshaking other people's energy to kind of sample. That's how you pick up on things empathically. It's like sharing that data once they touch. So when you think about your, your lower chakra, this is a very grounding, very base energy. And so it's good for anxiety. It's good for when you're kind of feeling overreactive or over emotional. If you can have the fortitude to think about focusing on your chakra, it's almost like literally you can feel this dive go down with all this higher up energy. You think I would do it more often, you know? So, you know, it, it probably should do more about, do it more instead of just preaching about it. But uh, the thing is, is that if you just think about that particular spot, it literally makes this energy almost withdraw. It makes it kind of come in. It's like the, the, the tentacle energy that's feeling and sampling constantly, getting this data, all of a sudden retracts more. It stays tighter to you. So you still have it, but it's not like actively, you know, just unconsciously feeling all these things and taking it on. So it's, it's that simple. You just think about that particular chakra. If you were to think about your mind chakra, your heart chakra, your throat chakra, not going to have that kind of effect. Lower chakra, very specific reason for it, does exactly that. Anything that's metaphysical, paranormal, spiritual, or you have a bad mojo or something you're feeling, anything that you're sensing and you just want to like kind of move it off, just think about that. It just kind of brings you back in and it levels you down. Does Would you say the heart chakra does the opposite? It kind of makes you more receptive? Well, it's I, I would say that the heart chakra can make you more receptive, but I look at these things as maybe frequency bands, and if you're not in the right lane, like a highway lane for that specific thing, then you're not really getting the majority of that. So heart is really looking for love. It's really looking for prana to feed your, your energy field. It's, it's about escalating a very balanced, happy feeling. Now, if you've got anxiety from someone that's not yours, you're kind of looking for the happy vibe in there. It doesn't mean that you're not taking it. You literally still are. You're just preoccupied. So it's like 20 minutes later, an hour later, a day later, you're almost going to be nauseous because that energy is going to hit you that you weren't really paying attention to. So hence the reason you should have went with the lower chakra to just shut it down rather than your heart chakra saying, no, bring it on. I'm just going to sort it all out. But you were just really fixated on finding that positive energy, but it doesn't mean the rest wasn't coming at you. That makes sense. Yeah. Next. So cutting ties, putting up the pyramid, all that stuff. Is that preventing a different type of energy from people coming at you? Is that different than the tentacle? Yes and no. The, the, the thing that most people really miss, and this is something very important, is that when you're empathic, it's not really someone throwing energy at you. You're the one who's actively going after that energy. You're just not being mindful that you're doing it. So all of your practices with doing high guard, you know, and you pyramid energy and all these things, which work phenomenal, okay, they're, they're not going to work necessarily as well for you because you're actively or unconsciously actively really mingling and sampling all this energy from people. So you're, you're kind of doing it knowingly, but not fully. Whereas if someone's throwing negative energy at you, you're saying, you know, that any negative energy being thrown at me, I'm shutting down. I'm going to cut those cords, these vibes attaching to me. Okay. 
when you're empathically feeling something, you're doing the digging. You're, you're doing the looking to feel whether you realize you're doing it or not. Most of the time, you don't even know you're doing it. That's why you got to check yourself and make sure you know you're, you're where you need to be. So, two, two different things, but very easily confused. Um, can negative energy, um, can a person have like negative energy that they're not like putting out towards anybody ill will wise, but that is actually, they're kind of like mirroring it back on themselves, almost like they're psychically attacking themselves. Is that a thing? Or? Um, well, you know, you can be very self-destructive with your own conscious energy. That's a truth. That's a given. It's just like psych psychology. You know, you're being really depressive with yourself. You're going to bring yourself, it compounds, you're compounding your problem. Um, as far as it being, you know, with, with other people, you know, if you're affecting them, if your energy shit, well, if you're in a red cell work environment, 10 to one, it's kind of like they're tough coded. So they're not going to feel it, but they may. Okay. You know, everybody seems to have a certain level of, of empathic ability, but when you are, let's say working in an office that specializes in spirituality, everybody's going to probably pick up on that energy and empathically be feeling it also tremendously. So I think it, it really comes down to just being aware of what kind of people you're around. <coughs> but I think that most people in a red cell world, I think red cells definitely can feel things. And there's plenty of white cells in a red cell world that don't even know that they're white cells. You know, it's only a, what, what I'll call a handful are self-aware enough to know that this is their, their life path, that this is, this is it, this is where I belong. So their reaction in a workplace could be very negative. Next. So instead of shutting it down and focusing on your lower chakra to bring it in, is there a way to hone your skills to use that to your advantage to try to get positive energy to you instead of just, you know, getting whatever? Is well, this there? gets a little tricky. You know, we can call it positive, but we're really kind of fudging something else. If you're drawing energy from somebody or even information, I mean, it's one thing to get information, but if you're like, oh, I just want to draw energy out that's positive, in a weird way, you're almost being vampiristic, okay? I often say don't, don't try to steal others' energies. Work on your own. There's plenty of prana everywhere. You just got to sit down and attract it to you. But there are some people who just simply like to dominate other people and draw that energy from them. And sometimes they just do it without even thinking about it. It's just their nature. So I don't recommend drawing energy from other people. I just don't see any, any need for that. Uh, but, you know, it's wordplay. I don't think it's what you meant in that sense. I'm just saying, you know, for clarity, that's kind of important that we kind of clear that up. I've never heard of anybody drawing positive energy. Is that something can be done? Like I, um, I don't thing. really think it's you can you can be in the presence of positive people and get energy from that. That they're, You know, it's it. Look, look at it like sunlight. You're not going to go and put a straw in the sun. Okay, but you could go outside, sit on a bench, and absorb some of that sunlight. Okay, that's like a positive person. But if you're actively going to say, "I want to draw it from this person or from that person," and actively want to take that energy, then you're 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 a pariah. You're you're taking that energy from them that they've worked for, they've accumulated somehow, some way. Do you under, you understand that? That's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah. Typically, so. what do you hear about vampires? It's like they they kind of like 
drawing on the negative energy. I've never really heard yeah, of Yeah, I think that there's different kinds of, of vampires, and I think it's very important to distinguish that. We're not talking Hollywood vampires or with fangs right. or anything like that. We're talking about people that basically you can be in the greatest mood, they come over, 20 minutes they're there, they leave, and you are mentally, emotionally, and psychically drained. And sometimes there's different categories for these people is what I'm saying. Some of them do it unconsciously and it's just their nature to take energy. Two, it's probably someone that you know, so you end up giving them energy without realizing you're doing it because they've established a relationship with you to some degree. Uh, and then there's those who actively choose to draw that energy from other people. It's an active choice and they are consciously working on doing that when they're there. And that's a person who's literally just trying to draw your energy in. And that's, to me, that's a vampire because they are knowingly or self-aware enough to know that they're doing it. In some cases, you can be a vampire and not know that that's what you're doing at all. But the irony is, is that when I've talked to people about them doing it, they think it's the cutest, funniest thing in the world because it's benefiting them. So, so there's also people that when they go into the room, you feel the opposite. You feel like they're feeding into you and you they elevate your mood and elevate your energy. There's some people by nature who do that and that's perfectly okay. But to willfully say I'm going to take the energy from you or you or you, okay, that to me starts to become an issue. Right. But in that situation, what's going on there? Is their energy just so good that it just like emanates off of them and you pick up on that? Or? Well, whenever you are emoting Okay, look, if we live in a simulated reality, then you are an organized digital product of various forms of information that when contained makes up the identity of who you are. You are the byproduct of all of your memories, all of your thoughts, all of your experiences, which is absolutely unique from the person next to you or that person next to them. It makes you who you are, okay? When you have someone who, when you, when you understand this, Every single time you have an emotion, every single time you feel really high or really low, if you were to say, I just want to see the real truth of what we see it, then everything would be frequencies and, and numbers and organized energy like protons spinning around an atom, okay? And so at the end of the day, when you have somebody really positive, if you were to strip them and just see the frequency that they are, you would see boom, 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 boom. Do you understand? So... So that positive energy is something that you're aware of and you're like, I like how this feels. So you are accepting of that because it's elevating you psychologically then. That energy program is working into your biological self and that biological self is being kind of stimulated because it's mimicking off of that, that vibe. Do you follow me? So just because a person is very positive, it's not necessarily that I look at it as an energy, okay? I look at it as an excess energy of someone is that I want to be in their presence. It's like being near finding a honeysuckle tree and just wanting to sit down and read a book next to that because the honeysuckles are simply earing off their natural scent or their natural byproduct. So when you're around positive people, you're around that natural byproduct, which we'll call a positive energy. There's some people that seem to be extra positive and they give out so much positivity to other people that it, it almost seems like the, uh, the people are responding back to them with positive energy and they almost get like, I feel like they get addicted or they're getting a high on it. Well, let's talk about 
like about this illusion that you guys seem to be sold on, okay, with positive people. I don't want to be the guy that bursts bubbles or a negative Nancy or anything like that. But look, I know a lot of people that a lot of people would describe as being super positive, upbeat, really good energy to be around. But I know a thing or two because I talk to these people privately in very in-depth conversations, very personal conversations, and I find that most of them are really just trying really hard to project that persona when in truth they're just like everybody else and they're, they have their own ups and downs and their own miserableness and their own upsetness and their own frustrations and their own anger and their own hatred, okay? They just have learned to box it and put it somewhere. It's not that they don't have it. They're just like, this is what I'm going to do to, to focus on who I am and what I'm going to put out there. And it sometimes comes more natural to them than to other people who just do not feel the need to covet or to, to suppress those feelings. If they're there, they just let them go. So what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't want to give you the disillusionment that there are these people who have absolute positive you know, psychological states 24-7. And that's not true. And to, to try to work on that ideal or compare yourself as not good enough because you can't get close to that isn't true. The only difference is that they haven't shown you or shared with you really what's at their core of themselves. So be careful. Don't buy into an illusion because it looks so great. But there are people that are prone to being more positive. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But, you know, let them walk in our shoes for, for a lifetime and we'll see if they have the same yeah. attitude. <laughs> well, I was thinking of white cells. There's certain ones that are just, I don't know, they just seem to be more, like they feed well, on other okay. people's positivity. There, there's the word seem. Yeah. Okay. All I'm saying is, is that I'm not saying that there's not positive people out there because there are. Okay. You know, it's like looking at Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was considered the epitome of what everybody should be good, kind, uh, uh, a strong person, uh, generally positive and everything else. And then you find out later that she was just really, really could be really aggressive and negative and mean spirited. You, you know, people are always selling a, a image and the point is, is that if everybody runs around saying that that's the person I want to be like, you may be not appreciating how much work you've already done at your, on yourself or how far you are. And most of the time people have put up a lot of illusions. Everybody wants to be seen a certain way. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. We're done. All right. Um, yeah. There was, I think I had a Did this one get here. asked? Yeah, I'm going to ask that one. Uh, so I guess when when you if you're coming across like people who like like just in everyday life like around strangers like maybe homeless people or something, and you're like heart you know you can like kind of feel their pain or whatever. Is there is that is that because you're unconsciously tuning into them? Well, like if you, you don't you, really you, want you, to you, be feeling right. that, but like you're, well, you're, listen, we're we're you know you're a good person and you probably have a higher level of of empathy than some other people do. Or that you can relate to them in their plight versus your own. Okay. A lot of people don't necessarily have that. Not as much of it, at least. Um, you know, you can empathically pick up on, on homeless people. You can, you know, assess them visually, audibly, you know, whatever. Um, you know, my original feeling is, is I used to have a lot more empathy towards them. But logically, I kind of changed that and I become kind of a, a meaner spirited kind of person. Like, you know, now when I when I do donations, I do it to like the 
the Children's Cancer Society or, or something like that where I know that the money's likely to be put to good use. Um, I had an experience recently when I was on my way out to Reno and it was a gas station I stopped at and you know it was a little bit of snow up there and everything at the time. And it was this girl with her dog sitting in a, a van and she had a sign and it said, you know, out of gas, please help, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I watched her and watched her working, people coming and going. So I was like, I'm not buying it, but I'm curious. So I went over and I said, look, um, I'm not going to give you money, but if you pull your van over, I'll fill up your gas tank and I'll pay for it. Oh, well, no, that's okay. We're good. And I'm like, where is this? Well, is there somebody else? They're like, oh, my boyfriend's over there helping. So he's over there laying on the grass with some other person getting high and whatever. And I'm like, well, either you need the help or not. Why would you turn down me filling up the gas? No, no, just not interested. They're there just working the system. They're there making money. And when you think about the money that these people make, they calculated that too. Um, if you're getting probably $10, maybe a dollar a minute, if you think about it, per light cycle is three minutes, okay? So you're going to get at least between a dollar and five dollars, okay? If you add that up every three minutes at, let's say, five dollars, okay? over 60 minutes, it's decent income. It's better than most people make working a job. So, you know, I, I, I have become a firm believer that no matter how empathetically I feel, I feel that I should be investing my money in a soup kitchen or some program that helps people than to just be giving it out randomly to people on the street because I'm making a quick judgment call on what I think it is. I mean, it's my money. I can give it to whoever I want. But nine times out of ten, you're simply encouraging these people to, to go out and buy drugs with it or alcohol, meaning booze, and to basically you're enabling them. And it's hard to think of it that way, but it's really a truth. So when you see people and you feel that way, I think it's it's one thing psychically we, we are searching to feel that way for them. And they have certainly learned at this point to become a chameleon and emanate that to you for your sympathy. So they're doing it on cue. And it's not only just visual now. They've learned to emote it because they know people probably can feel it. And that's 10 to 1 what you're feeling. So in my opinion, in most cases, not all, you're probably being exploited. Seems like they try to make yeah. eye contact. Yes, but, they know. they got well, it down. Well, you ain't got nothing yeah. better to do, yeah. and you're like, "This is my bread and butter. I better get it down." Yeah. I mean, don't you guys work at getting your jobs down better and better? Well, I can feel when they're trying to, to yeah. do that. Well, it's also yeah. very psychic. Yeah. It's it's there is a psychic. Le Listen, when you think about India and you think about the poverty and you think about the spiritual explosion, it came from a lack of income, desperation poverty, when you don't have nothing to stimulate your brain, you tend to think a lot and you tend to evolve whatever instincts or sensory you have to the utmost because you ain't got nothing better to do all day. Yeah, that makes that's interesting. Yeah, and this is why I often say in, uh, you know, India became the, the hub of spirituality for the world because of that reason. Next. Okay, so why don't I just talk about what I went to. How are we doing on time? Man, uh, we got... 30 minutes. All right. So I'm trying to think about how I want to come at this in the amount of time that I have. Um, so this, this process could be used several different ways. It can be used with other people remotely. It can be used with people in the room with you that are, are going to try to do some work on your energy fields. And it's also something that you can do on your own. And it's very simple. 
if you have someone with you, and most of you guys have probably done this, where you take one hand and you put it over the other, you can kind of feel the energy or the heat emanating from the other person's hand, and so you can feel that presence, okay? And when someone's working on you, if they're not touching you, which is more ideal, because when you touch, it's a whole different, different situation, but if they were to hover their hands over, let's say, your leg or your shoulder or something, if you clear your mind and you become aware, you can actually feel that presence where their hand is without them touching you with your eyes shut, okay? So what I'm, what I'm trying to say is you want to kind of stay aware of, of that because that's a big part of it, okay? So one of the things that you want to do if you want to work on yourself, let's say you've wounded your knee or you've got an ailment you want to work on or whatever, even increasing your, your intellectual capacity for your brain. What you're going to do is if you, let's just go ahead and let's walk through this. We're going to do a walk through. Hopefully, I, I mean, people aren't listening at work or something, but... So if you clear your mind, put your feet down, don't cross them. You can have your, your hands, let, you know, hand in hand like so, okay? Uh, what you want to do is close your eyes, and I want you to visualize that um, there is a hand over your thigh, let's say. It's not touching it. It's just a matter of inches away, okay? And I want everybody here to do the same thing so we can get your responses. Close your eyes. So... What I want you to do is imagine on, let's say, your left leg, your thigh area, I want you to see a hand that's just hovering a quarter inch or so above without touching. And that person is emanating feeling and vibration and energy to heal your leg, let's say. So what I want you to do, because I can only have the three of you guys here to, to tell me where you're at, is simply just raise your hand a little bit when you can feel what we'll call the presence or the warmth uh, that would come from that person's hand. Very good. Good, good, good. So excellent. So that right there is the main stage of what you want to be aware of. Okay. Now what you want to do, let's say you're, you're going through a separation with someone and your chest feels really heavy and you know, you got kind of got that sigh that, uh, you know, whatever, whatnot. Okay. What you want to do now is you want to imagine the same thing, that that hand is hovering just barely above your heart. And what it's doing is it's emanating a very healing, nurturing energy that's rejuvenating to your heart. It's like bringing it a lot of peace and, and health to it. So raise your hand again when you can feel a little bit of warmth or a sense of uh, uh, presence of a hand almost being there. Very good. Excellent. So... What's, what's happening now is there is no person doing this. It's you. You're literally taking your consciousness and your energy and you're choosing a location on your body to concentrate your awareness on. And that awareness has an intention. And that intention, for the most part, is all good things. But it's like either healing or whatever, whatnot. Okay? The reactive level to that process is significantly higher than having somebody else uh, work on you. The problem is, is usually when you have an ailment, you have self-doubt and therefore doing work on yourself becomes second place because you're polluting it with your self-doubting, okay? But if you can do this with, with just your own active self-will, the results are phenomenal. And not only that, but what you want to do is close your eyes again. This is a, a little bit of a tougher one for you guys to do. 
is I want you to imagine that there's a hand over your head, like literally on the very top crown area, if you will, it's just an inch or two, and you just want to focus on that presence, being aware of it, or the heat emanating from it, the energy, the communication, if you will. Tell me when you can start to feel that. Excellent. Very boy, such pros. Okay. So in essence, what you want to be doing is to set a program. And that program is you want to feel that energy saturating deeper into your brain. And just by being aware of it, and what you want to visualize is all of your neural pathways firing stronger. Like, like see in your mind nerves growing like, like, like vines or, or roots. And all of those are important because it increases the communication in your brain. Anywhere where you think, like, like here's a thought. If you feel like your mind is a bit sluggish, I want you to be thinking about where do you feel the zone that is going slow in your brain. Once you feel like you have a designation, I want you to move that, that heat, that pressure from that floating hand, if you will, to that one section. And I want you to see it basically um, repairing, healing, re revitalizing that damage area. Now, this will work dramatically well. Okay, it's just a matter of you having the discipline to go through the session. I don't recommend a session more than maybe five or ten minutes, maybe once every few days, because you don't want to burn yourself out on it. Okay, now what I want you to do is for the second level is is basically going to be a form of remote healing. But the thing is, instead of working on a person that's unaware, you want to work on a person that is aware. So you're going to set up your cell phone so you can talk out loud through speaker. You clear yourself, and you literally are going to say, okay, let's say they, they want their heart to be worked on, okay? You're going to say, okay, at this moment, I'm bringing my hand up. My palm is and hand is just over your chest area, and I am going to now broadcast energy. I see myself about a quarter of an inch over your, your chest, and I'm moving my energy through your chest cage into your heart. I feel your heart. I see your heart, and I see it you know, illuminating, vital, all the negative energy moving away, and I'm going to... So on your end, you're receiving that. So in a way, you're doing the same thing you did before, but now you're accepting it from somebody else, okay? So where you may have had self-doubt or, or questioning your own awareness, you're removing all that by having somebody do that for you that doesn't really have any emotional risk. So their, their, their intentions are stronger in that sense, and you're receiving, okay? So it's a very strong way of doing a form of healing, if you will, or a form of communication. Another thing is, is that if you did the same thing from your mind to the other person's mind, okay, if you're doing that and that person saying, okay, I have my hand next to your forehead, I'm seeing it, I'm feeling it, I'm moving my energy in, and you're being receptive to that, that's going to make a very strong bridge psychically, telepathically. It's building the neurons to kind of communicate better, okay? Uh, Thirdly, you could do this with someone that's unaware that you're doing it, okay? But the results are okay, but not as stunning for this technique as if you were doing yourself or someone who is more receptive to it. But the more you practice with it, the stronger it gets. Um, is there a reason that you're doing it in your imagination rather than actually using your hand? 
like on different parts of your body. I, mean, I used to do that a lot, actually, like with my hand. <laughs> yeah, when <laughs> you use your hand, but... you're making it about your organic body. It's like like massage. You're you're working a muscle. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. And so everything is consciousness. Everything you think about, you need to ask yourself: Do I really want to organically get involved because it reinforces the organic relationship? Or do I want to build my mental relationship, which is largely energy? It's it's electrons, it's movement of energy. So it's it's almost like in a category itself. And so the more that you work with it, and the more you practice with it, the more intense it gets. Um, you've seen me do stuff where I've worked on stuff, and I get blisters all over my hands. I get so literally so hot. Um, that's for me pushing this energy through my body. Okay, so. If I were to think about touching with my hand more so, okay, then what I do, well then it's gonna probably start moving to where I don't have that anymore because it's it's going into the limitations of how I perceive physically doing something. Okay, that makes sense. It's the little things that decide whether you're gonna be a success spiritually or psychically. It's the little details. So you're constantly working on your mind. You're constantly working on your ability to focus when you do it. Uh, there's a lot of other rewards. It's very wax on, wax off when you're doing it. <coughs> yeah. So when you're envisioning that hand, it sounds like you don't want to envision your hand, but another hand from another room. Do you know, it never enters my mind that it's a hand. The reason I say a hand is because it's the closest thing to, to relate to that feeling. Do you understand? Okay. But to me, I just think about the feeling of it and the presence of that. I don't really think much that I think of it as being a hand. So I think it's a good question. It's very important I point that out. There Every single time that you, you tag it with something organic, it's like you take 3% or 5% of the effectiveness away. So you want to, to work on yourself organically, but you want to come from a very spiritual or energetic place when you're doing it. The fact that you can feel something reinforces the psychic connection to having the effect. It, it helps your body become more receptive because it feels something. What if you were imagining that it was Eric's hand? Is, there, is that a form of like vampirism too? Well, you know, um, I don't know. You know what? You know, I mean, if, if you want, I just don't think it's a good idea to imagine it's a hand. You could do that for the distance healing. Uh -huh. And as long as that person's saying that they're going to work with that sense, yeah. and that's, that's okay. But in general, you want to get to the skill level that you're not thinking about the hand. It's almost like you're thinking about, look at, look at it differently. If we remember the movie Johnny Darko, okay? And he's in the kitchen and you see this thing moving out of his chest. It's an awareness. It's an intelligence that's working its way to the refrigerator, let's say. Okay. Would you say that's a hand that touches you in the chest? Would you say it's less informative to him than if he used his hand or used his chest, in this case, over a distance? The answer is going to be no. It's probably that whatever came from his chest would be even stronger. Precisely. The more that you think about doing everything in an organic way with your hands and stuff, okay, the more you're limiting it to that classification subconsciously. You really are suppressing your sensory and your abilities. So we've got to rethink how we think. And that's part of true development towards enlightenment is that you don't really, you have a way to look at the body and you have a way to, to look and operate with your energy. If you try to operate the energy like you're doing a body, then you'll always remain in that body. You'll always re remain like a machine. So we have to, to use expressions like, like it's a hand 
because it's to a new person, it's easier to relate to. If I said, feel the energy, I'm not so sure that everybody would be able to have a working model so that they could actually feel something. Yeah. Because they, they're like, what is it? So by me saying, imagine your hand, now you got concrete. You got you got a good working system. You could feel it. You could feel it. Now when you feel it, you get that sense that that there's that hand there. But now you've got to take it up a level. You've, you've got to be able to say, okay, this is this person's consciousness. It's your conscious working on you or it's, or it's your conscious working on somebody else. That's a whole new level of interactiveness versus saying it's seeing that person's hand because then that brain's going to limit it by 80% not effect because a hand can't do that. A hand has to be a hand. It can only grab, move, push, stuff like that. So you're saying it's, it's more beneficial for you to work on your own consciousness as opposed to somebody working on you. Is that why? Because somebody else working on you brings in the organic too much? Well, unless you're exceptional, then, you know, you always have to take into consideration, what am I getting? Is this, per is this person's mind steady? Is it, is it clear? Is it going to be working on me with the best intention? Or do they have emotional baggage that they're leaking through and I'm being receptive to that? So a lot of times when people get healed on, um, a lot of times I think when the effect isn't like really excellent and, you know, a lot of people may not want to hear this, but it's because they suck. And the reason they suck, okay, is because they're usually dealing with their own shit. It's an appointment. The person's coming in. I got to work on them, but I just got done fighting with my kids or fighting with my husband or fighting with my boss. And that is not easy for just everybody to push out of their mind and be able to shut it down. Do you follow me? So when they're working on you, any of that starts to come back up again. They're really kind of intruding that into you also. So if you can say empathically that you're feeling stuff from the earlier conversation and that you're receiving it and ingesting it and feeling like, oh my God, I just don't feel well with all this, okay? Now you're opening yourself up to receptiveness, opening okay and receiving and now that person's got back and stuff going on in their consciousness that they're moving into you too so most people by nature have filters and that that filter tends to prevent people from working on you with really maximized results so you got to get that person to be very accepting and very comfortable and very trusting of your energy and you too must have your a game and your clarity on it's like when I work on cubes, I mean, you know, the, the staff here knows I might not work on a cube for two weeks. And if somebody asks me why, I'm like, I'm not in the right state of mind. As good as I am, I know that there's there's a threshold point I have to be in in order to do that. So when I feel that, then I, I work hard on all the cubes and I work on what I can get done until I feel like that's going to change or I get tired. So your state of mind, your consciousness is, is the utmost, most important thing. And the more specialized, the more gifted, the more more spiritually powerful, if you will. It all comes down to how much can you discipline your mind to stay focused. You can do amazing things if you can get 30 second, you know, Johnson there. Do you see what I'm saying? But a lot of people can't even do 30 seconds. You're lucky if they can do 10 seconds. Okay. So that's the, that's the difference. Your consciousness will dictate the quality and the effect of your results and other people still will feel that and either shun that or not. When you work on yourself, you actually are raising the bar significantly. One of the things I always say is like, okay, go back to, to clear your mind, put your feet on the, the ground and put, put your, your hand, hand in hand, sit there, okay? I want you now to go back to your chest and I want you to just raise your hand real quick and then put it back once you can feel the presence on your chest. Good, good, 
Good. Now, I want you to focus on that feeling. I want you to take it in. I want you to let it work in your heart, just like, like sunlight on a flower bud. Now I'm going to ask you a question. How much chitter-chatter did you just do? Probably zero or very little? A little bit because of the pressure. Okay, but do you get my point? Yeah. When you do self-work, your mind tends to calm down and it's focused on you because you're both the, the giver and the recipient of that energy, but it also ups your game. That means when you work on other people late, late, later, you should look at them as if it's yourself you're working on. And what happens is your mind follows suits based on your training. That's at least what I did when I was like probably in my late teens is, is how I started developing with that. So, kind good. Of, you kind of become like one with that person or you have like... I don't even think about becoming one with them. I just think of them as this is what I'm doing. It's like the less you think about the better. Your higher consciousness knows exactly what it needs to do and why you're doing it in the first place. You already made up your mind. Why do you need to think about it? All right, what else we got? We got to wrap it up here soon. How are we in time? Uh, it's 3.47. Okay. So I'm trying to read this question here. Um, does the accumulation of energy in one area versus another make a difference to execute from? <sighs> that is a whole little rebel guru conversation in itself. Um, it, that's a yes and no answer. Uh, I can, you know, go through the pros and cons in, in my mind. I mean, there's reservoir energy that you build up that's going to be more more in excess, maybe in your lower abdomen area, like chi and stuff that's going to build up. You can put negative energies in your body because your muscle tissue is prone to muscle memory. And the frequency and energy, that's electrons that stimulate your muscles to expand and retract or produce the chemicals that have the reaction. So it's a yes and no answer. It's very complicated. You know. But that's why I, I, I try to say to people, it's so important to do energy movements. Even just doing energy pull-ups when you're, all of a sudden the hair goes up on your arm because you can literally feel it and you bring it down in the same effect. You're, 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 it's yoga for your spiritual body is how I would say it. Any kind of energy movements, especially the stuff that I teach, the breathing, I mean, you literally feel it. There's no question about it. It's real. And it just gets more and more intense the more you work with it. But what you're doing is, is you're busting up, you're breaking these icebergs of, of, of energy that are kind of sitting in certain parts of your body. You don't want that. You want your energy to move just like you want the circulatory level of your, your body and your heart and your blood moving. You want the same thing. You want a, a very static charge flowing energy at all times. When it crystallizes or condenses or it starts to weigh heavy somewhere in the body, which is very common, that's not necessarily a good thing. Similar to like clogged arteries but on an energy level? Yes. Would that be a practical... Uh, application for this practice, like if you feel in your body, you find where those blockages are, and then you put the energy. Yeah, away. absolutely, absolutely. It's very, very powerful and effective for something like that. Absolutely, yeah. All right, I think we're gonna call it a wrap. Yeah, we can wrap it up. I'm feeling very bloated. I'm sorry that I'm I'm skipping out a little tiny bit earlier, but I just want to crawl into my couch and regret ever going to the buffet. Maybe I need to do my hand energy on this. <laughs> All right. Good day. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you very much.
A lot of people ask us, where is the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the Foundation Meditation System. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development, and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation Meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. Follow us on Instagram at higherbalanceinstitute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy. More than just a thought, but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions. More than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather a vivid reality so clear it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life, consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio. 